What's going on, guys? We are in Chicago, Chi-Town, doing another episode of the Entrepreneur Enthusiast. I got Mr. Trez Pugh over here. Indeed. I've been wanting to do this podcast for a while. Uh, I met this, this man about five years ago, before the pandemic. I was doing my workshops. I was doing my Cup of Joe with Joe workshops that I still kind of do, and um, usually I don't interact with the owners, but I was able to meet yeah. you, and then... Yeah. The way you dressed, the way you carried yourself, the way you spoke was very inspirational. Thanks, bro. As a young black dude, and I'm like, this dude is dope. So every time I came here, I always made sure to stop in this spot, you know, pay homage and just support the business any way I can. So now we got this podcast. It's an honor to have you on the podcast. Hey, welcome to the podcast, the entrepreneur it. enthusiast, where we like to showcase entrepreneurs, especially black entrepreneurs, in their journey. Tell me a little bit about your background and how you first became interested in entrepreneurship, period. All right. And I'll keep it brief. Like you said, my name is Trez Pugh. I'm the CEO of Sip and Save a Hospitality Group. Um, I really didn't plan on being an entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I worked for the government. A little bit about myself. I grew up on the near north side. Yeah. <clears throat> Went to public school. Went off to the military. Mm-hmm. You know, married my childhood sweetheart, which I'm still married to That's for dope. 40 years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Came back and started working for the Postal Service. Mm-hmm. Uh, left there and went back to college because I went to college earlier, right out of high school. Yeah. And when I came back, you know, I, I didn't feel like uh, I had fulfilled my, you know, uh, goals. So I, I went back to school, got my degree, and got recruited by a federal agency. So I became a federal agent, got into real estate, and then, um, you know, I got approached by some childhood friends about opening a coffee house. Yeah. I was just going to be the landlord, but I ended up getting duped and becoming a partner. <laughs> uh, the rest is history. It didn't work out as a partnership, yeah. and I went on to start opening up Sip and Sabre Coffee. How was that transition then from working from a federal law enforcement to entrepreneurship? Because that's, that's nine to five right, right. and dealing with people yes. to now being an owner mm-hmm. and dealing with people on a different level. Right. One thing about the government is never nine to five. As a federal agent, it's like five in the morning to maybe nine at night. <laughs> While you work in a business. Um, one of the things I learned even prior to being a federal agent was in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about structure, you know, discipline, yeah. fortitude, staying power and all that. So that kind of transitioned over to being an entrepreneur because yeah. when you're in this entrepreneurial game, you're going to deal with a lot of bumps and bruises and you Absolutely. can't give up. And Absolutely. I'm sure you know, we done yeah. had talks before, you know, prior it gives you that staying power. Yeah. And that's what helped me with you know, working for the government, then transitioning over into being an entrepreneur. So what, what key challenges that you faced when you started it? Because I, I heard the hurdle of the partnership not working. Indeed. And to have one location is fine, an owner-operator, owner but you have multiple locations. Um, having multiple locations can be very challenging because you're yeah. dealing with you know, different personalities, yeah. you're dealing with different wants, needs, and expectations, and you can't be there. Yeah. So one of the challenges is being able to garner positive energy from all your employees mm-hmm. and be able to give the customers want what they need. And my thing was quality, you know, making sure they had an elegant, classy place to be in. Yeah. So the challenge was getting everybody to buy into my dreams, into my goals. You have a... Um some entrepreneurs lack this, but allowing people to lead, 
Mm-hmm. How did you gain that confidence in your people to lead your business, mm-hmm. which is ultimately the money in your pockets, and, <laughs> and to trust them to do that? You know, right. coming from a non-entrepreneurial background, but a more disciplined background, how did you transition to allow people to become leaders and empower them to really help your business and be a part of your team? It was challenging. You know, when you're used to doing everything yourself, it's hard to let go of what they call power, but I call let go of authority. Yeah. Uh, I learned through just trial and error, knowing that I couldn't be everywhere all the time for every person. So what I did was I brought in a lot of other people that had a certain skill set that did them things well, whatever that may be, accounting, whether it be marketing, whether it be sales, whatever it may be, and I watched them work. And I would still follow up because, you know, you got to inspect what you expect. Yeah. So when you see that they can do the job, you kind of step away. But I'll be honest, it's still challenging at times <laughs> when you're making big purchases and it's something that's dealing with training or you're dealing with customers. You kind of want to be involved, but yeah. it's a study process and there's baby steps. But I've done a lot better. People are one of the best assets if they're managed correctly Indeed. Um, and can be one of the hardest liabilities if not managed correctly so you've been able to do that what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs who are interested in just starting their own business what advice i would say stay humble and if you're just starting whatever field you're going into or whatever industry whether it be service or products do your due diligence. I said this all the time. Uh, make sure you do the research. Yeah. See if there's a need out there for whatever it is you're going to provide, whatever service or product. Uh, then ask yourself, what is it that I'm going to do that's going to differentiate me from, you know, what the market is doing right now? And stay humble. You know, be willing to learn and be able to listen. I'm, I'm not going to give your age up. I'll let the audience guess that. But, like, you stay up, you, you're pretty cool and stay up on game. So how do you stay up to date with the trends? Is that something your, your team tells you? Or do you just, like you said, read into that? Because there's a few guys that I know that are of your age that have, like, I, I like how Steve Harvey allows his whole young yeah. team to manage everything. I think it's right. his son in there. How are you able to stay up to date with the latest trends and what's going on? Well, uh, when it comes to fashion, I got a designer, my guy, mm. Milton Cottrell, that owns uh, Agriculture. He kind of keeps me on point. Yeah. Always had an eye for fashion, yeah, too. Yeah, you're, you're, you're fresh right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to get this back by three, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and my team, you know, my daughter, Tara Knopp, and Whitney Hampton, they always making sure I'm fresh. Millie, who's my yeah. content, you know, social media content manager, they keep me keep me straight on what I need to dress, how I need to talk. Because sometimes I'm old school. Yeah. You know, they they got their hand on the pulse of what's going on now. I'm surrounded by millennials. Yeah. That's, and I'm smart enough to listen to them sometimes. Sometimes. So a lot of these big companies need to take that advice because uh-huh. they, they, you know, they let the boomers run it, right, right. you know, and what's going on. Exactly. Um, can, can you, you know, tell me, um, you know, any memorable experience you've had here with your team and expanding these locations because how many years has it been about 18 18 18 years since i started started in 2005 this 2023 so 18 years we've been in business got it and thank god anything any yeah keep going anything (laughs) anything stand out that you say was your breaking point of just giving over that getting over the hump saying you know what i'm i'm this is me um 
That's a great question, brother. I would say what helped me get over the hump is the community. Once the riots happened, if I had to pinpoint anything with George Floyd and all the rioting was going on and it was tearing up businesses and people was, you know, really out here wilding out. Um, I got in my car and I went to drive around to check on my locations. Yeah. And um, when I got to my first location on 43rd, it was a bunch of guys around it sitting in chairs. And the first thing I thought was, what are they doing? I got out and it was all pastors from different churches wow. that were protecting my business. Wow. It was like, you good here, go check on the other ones. Yeah. Jumped in my car, drove over here to 47th. True story, bro. Got over here, it was all Muslims over here. Brothers from the nation yeah. standing in front of this one. Yeah. Here's the kicker. Left here, went to Hyde Park. It was just a bunch of random customers standing in front of the business. Wow. Brought tears to my eyes. I said, you know what? I'm on to something here. Yeah. And you have a, you have a big um, heart and, and a part of social responsibility. Um, how do you balance the financial aspects of just running a, uh, your business and also being in the community with your social responsibility that you've had? Um, and, and you can give what you're doing with the vets and all that. But yeah, we done talked about that how, before. Yeah. How, how do you balance that? Um, always struggle with balance, I tell people, but I'm getting so much better at it. You just got to put yourself on your calendar. But yeah. Getting back to your question. Put yourself so, on your calendar. I like that. Yeah, yeah. You got to block <laughs> it out. And I learned that from my millennials. They tell me, you know, you need to just take time for yourself. Yeah. So the social piece and financial, of course, when we first started off, you don't make a lot of money. People realize, mm. they don't realize when you're an entrepreneur, you mostly put money into a business. Yep. To make sure it runs and runs efficient and effectively. Wait, so you're not just an instant millionaire when you open a business? No, not unless you're opening up a weed shop or something like that. And then you're not a, a, a you still got to put that upfront money. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So at first, you're really pouring a lot of money in. I was fortunate enough. I made good money as a federal agent. My wife worked for the city. She made money. And I had real estate. So what I did early in the game was I looked out for people that was less fortunate than me. I was a vet. And I have... Um, some people I know that struggle with addiction. So I started yeah. taking care of disabled vets and recovering addicts above my place on 43rd, which we done talked about before. That's something I do on the community piece. And, and I think for the social piece, it's always going to be issues. I think when it comes to the LGBT community, when it comes to police reform, mm -hmm. um, you know, inequality, when it comes to payment for men and women and what we do as a coffee house, we offer our venue to have them kind of candid, sometimes uncomfortable conversations about those things in a setting where people can feel safe. No, that's, that's awesome. Especially in a world where we live in where you can't have an opinion. If you have an opinion, I have an opinion, we can still kick it. And yeah, talk. yeah. We just think different, and there's nothing exactly. wrong with that. Um, and now it's like your opinion is you, you say something, it's like everyone's canceling you because yeah, 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 you, you don't like crackers. So, man, <laughs> right, right, right. man you're supposed to eat uh, graham crackers instead of regular crackers. We yeah. don't like you no more. It's ridiculous. Bro. Um, how, <laughs> how has, you know, like for someone to open a coffee shop, because this isn't just a, a, a brick and mortar business. A coffee shop to me is mm -hmm. a catalyst of a community. And, For sure. And that local coffee shop, I know you have these big companies out there, but you go to any neighborhood, you got a barber shop mm -hmm. and you got a coffee shop. There's other things, but you know, you're going to have those two staples. Mm -hmm. What are some things in an opening a coffee shop 
that someone should consider if they're trying to get into this business? Um, again, I would revert back to, is there a need for something like that to be in the community? When I first started looking at doing it, you know, I said this a lot, black folks like to gather, mm-hmm. whether it's at church, at the club, you know, in somebody's basement to play space, whatever. My vision was have them gather at a coffee shop mm-hmm. where you can have not only great coffee, tea, smoothies, the pastries and all that, but you can network. Mm-hmm. So students can come there, study. Politicians can come there and, and do their thing with their meetings. You have people that starting their own business could come in there and do what they do. Yeah. It's, it's a gathering place. So I wanted it to be a positive place with energy where when people come there, they felt like home. Yeah. You know, the hardwood floors, the music playing, you know, the little chatter, the buzz always says like uh, the Ear Hustle Cafe. Yeah. Everybody who is somebody coming through there sharing ideas, you know, jobs been created there, business has been created there, relationships. And one of the things I know I have to do and I haven't done yet and I'm going to do it is get testimonials. Because out the blue, people will just come up to me sometimes. You don't know this place saved my life. Oh, yeah, I think they just be asking me. No, yeah. bro, seriously, I lost my job, going through a divorce. I used to come in here and laugh my butt off with some of you guys, have some, some nice coffee, go on the back patio after you know we close, have a little drink or something, have a yeah. good time. So that made me feel good. So yeah. whatever you're going to do, make sure you're doing something that's distinct, that's different, that add value. Yeah, it's it's awesome to have a safe space to be able to think, to be able to communicate with people, to be able to meet people. Is that one of your most rewarding things about being an entrepreneur, having this place? Yeah, I think, um, and it's for all you entrepreneurs out there, whatever you're going to do, do something that's bigger than self. Don't go into something just to make money. Going in to make a difference. I think the money will come. Yeah, and, and that's important for you guys. But yeah, uh, someone once told me that my love language must be service mm. because I like servicing and making sure everybody's okay, be it yeah. my tenants, be it my employees, be it my kids, whatever it is, is, it brings me joy to know somebody else is happy, somebody else is getting a W, that's yeah. a win every once in a while, and that they feel good about stuff. So, How do you approach your, your team building? Because you have a military background, and that's the, the yes, ultimate sir. team. Yes, sir. So how do you approach your team building with your employees? Um, first, I let them know that although I'm the CEO and the owner, we all in this together. Yeah. So whatever you do, I've already done and still willing to do, whether it's sweep, mop, empty garbage, make a drink or whatever. Uh, I let them know it's not a us and them, although they respect the fact that myself, my officers uh, have the authority to make changes and processes and procedures. But when it all boils down to it, you know, that team building piece is monumental. And one of the things I do is when we're vibing like we're supposed to, when we're doing the things that need to be done, Mm -hmm. I'll take them out bowling. Mm. I'll take them to dinner. I'll take them and their kids to the movies or whatever. And it's the little things, bro, that let people know you care about them. And I want to go even more on that. How important is it to invest in your team? And to make sure they're happy. You know, I want to stress that to entrepreneurs out here that you got to hire people and take care of them because they're asking. Bruh, you just hit it right on the head again. Let me let you entrepreneurs know you cannot do this without people and good people because they represent your brand. 
Yeah. You can't be there. If you, for instance, when it comes to me, we got multiple locations. Yeah. I don't care how cold you are, how smart you are. You can't be at all of them at the same time. So yeah. you, you have to let them know whether it's through words, whether it's through some type of financial reward, or sometimes just telling them. Yeah. I appreciate what you do. I couldn't do this without you. I make it my business to tell all my employees, I can't do this without you. Man, that's a blessing, especially in a business, because a lot of times you don't talk to the CEO owner. No. Talk to HR or somebody right, right. else. Like, you don't get to talk to the owner. And like, we, we came in here. We had the opportunity to act as customers, order coffee, and had great service from the gentleman over there. Shout out oh, to yeah. him. Um, and the, man, coffee's, the coffee's good. Man, it comes from the motherland. I what was you about think, to ask bro? You, what? Cameroon, yeah, right? Yeah, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. Oh, come so on, Joe. How'd you, how'd you figure out where the source This ain't no Folgers, brother. Right. What you come, <laughs> did you come <laughs> in and thinking you're getting Folgers? Yeah, that's some good, <laughs> no, that's some good coffee. You, like, so yeah. what, because you weren't in the coffee business, you know, no, how, did, how did you find out where to source your coffee from and what challenges did you face with that? Again, getting back to what I said about doing your due diligence, understanding the market and understanding you need to know your craft. So I didn't know nothing about coffee, bro. I didn't yeah. drink it, and I don't eat sweets. Oh, wow. You didn't drink it? Just started drinking about five years ago. For the wow. first 13 years I owned the place, I didn't drink it, bro. I, I can't start my day without having a cup of coffee. Me neither, no. <laughs> it's not two or three. Here, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. What made me got really interested in it, when I started doing my research and everything, I started sitting outside them other big coffee places. I won't say their name. And I see how many people coming in and out of there, in and out of there. Next thing I started seeing was... The coffee industry started changing everything. I don't know how old you are, but Dunkin' Donuts used to set time to make the donuts. Now it's America runs on Dunkin'. Mm. If you look at gas station, Speedway, and all these other ones, 7-Eleven, everything. Oh, we got Arabica beans from so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Gas stations, donut places, everything was coffee. So I started paying attention to that. Next thing was I looked at the commodities, Coffee is the second largest traded commodity in the world Mm -hmm. behind oil. You take that and you put it with, it's addictive. Mm -hmm. It's a perfect formula or cocktail for success if you can get the right people selling it. Yeah, I I remember my time in Thailand. There are all these different coffee shops. And that's Mm -hmm. when I got on my coffee. Um, I would say it's addiction now. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was there and they have their coffee shops. And you just go sip on some coffee and it tastes a lot different from Starbucks. My introduction to coffee was Starbucks coffee bean. Then when I start drinking real coffee, I'm like, oh no, like this Mm -hmm. is great. I need this in my day, you know, to get my boost going. And and even just to to settle me and then I I know there's some people say there's health benefits and not health benefits, but Mm -hmm. it was, you know, great to know. How do you stay connected and let the community know um, outside that you're your customers like the value of what the coffee has and even the shop how do you stay connected with that um well i got a team that really does that mm-hmm. most of the times i speak at a lot of events or i may go to a university i may go to some type of gathering let's say a hundred black men yeah. or uh, uh bam becoming a man sometimes i speak at uh, just different events and I always use that as my platform to let them know what we do that differentiate us mm-hmm. from all these coffee houses so or coffee shops, we coffee houses. One of the things I always try to stress is we're more than just coffee. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We education, we empowerment, we entertainment. It's all about the experience. 
And I'm always mention them five C's. You know me. We crisp, yeah. clean, classy, consistent, and all about that mm. customer service. Mm. So what differentiate us and what let other people know what we're about is my ability to talk about it. Yeah. Um, of course, my social media director, Millie Frick, she always putting it out there on Facebook, Instagram. And when I get an opportunity, like when you came in, you could be a conduit for me. You know, you could be one of my ambassadors. We start talking and chopping it up. You see, you went to L.A., you done been to Atlanta. What happened? You come back here, dude, I need you on this podcast. Because yeah. somehow I touched something in you that you felt somebody else should hear. Absolutely. And you know what I say about you, young brother. You killing this game. I, I mean, that it. no excuses. I know this about me, but, man, you, you killing it with that joint. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. That's so. the mentality we got to have. Um and, and you know, I got a few more questions here. You okay. know, we and, and I appreciate your time, but you Bruh. you hit, you mentioned having the marketing team. Um, how do you approach the marketing promotion, and um, what channels have been the most effective for you guys? Well, one of the things I do is I sit down and I listen because I'm nowhere near a marketing person. Yeah, you need to know that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I listen to the professionals, PR, marketing, and social media. They go out and they do the research on what's hot, what's not, mm -hmm. what's trending. You know, I'll give them my input on, you know, I looked at all these other coffee shops. This is what they're doing. What say you? They come back and say, this is what they're doing, but this is what we can do to put our mm -hmm. spin on it. Next thing you know, we're doing videos, we're doing reels, or we throw throwing some type of event to let people know about our coffee. It's not just coffee from around the way is coming from the motherland yeah. cameroon ethiopia uganda costa rica it's free trade the people that's picking our beans are living in homes they not out there making three dollars a month and living in huts mm -hmm. so when i get up i gotta feel comfortable about you know myself and the people that's in the supply chain that's supplying me I need to know that they living okay bro and that's how you introduce a quality product it's quality from from the top down um, and, and so tell me what's next with Sip and Savior <laughs> as far as the, the charitable things that you're doing, mm -hmm. as far as the business things you're doing. What's next in the business? What can people expect to get from you? Well, don't blink. It's always something coming up. <laughs> you know me. Um, I would say what's next is to continue to improve our processes, mm -hmm. improve to hire uh, from the community, and continue to change the narrative. And what yep. that is is letting people know that um, you don't have to be a ball player. You don't have to be an entertainer, mm -hmm. you know, and all this to impact your community. Yeah. You know, people always talk about Jordan and, and all these people and LeBron James, how much money they make. I said, what do you think the owner make if he can pay them? Man. So you need to own something to change things. You need to be able to do that, to be deliberate, intentional, make a difference. And that's what's next for us. Continue to change the narrative, continue yeah. to build this brand. And while we building it, educating our people on financial literacy, mm -hmm. educating them on the importance of being able to have staying power, staying positive, and trying to get rid of that negative connotation that we all have about black folks not having quality product yeah. or it's not going to be good service. Yeah. I'm on a mission to change that, bro. Yeah. I mean, we, we deem what's luxury. You know, yeah, we we and I'm you know that. it. I know you yeah. know. We done had conversations, yeah. bro. We, we deem what's luxury, you know. Mm -hmm. And I and I always tell people that you know people buy what we buy because mm -hmm. they want to be cool like us. So yeah, yeah. If we continue it, to buy in us, then we good. You know what's really um, 
interesting and we had a conversation before we went on is we the biggest consumers Man. in the world we spend trillions of dollars on buying yeah. other people's stuff imagine if we take that money pool it and purchase stuff man yeah, <laughs> think that, about that yeah that, that's a whole another conversation indeed, like, indeed. Like, but yeah no you're absolutely right we have to you know find a space where we continue to support our businesses support our own mm-hmm. and if we're going to go to gucci we can go to the same brand of, of a black owned shoe company right. black owned and the quality that's why like i said all my stuff i got on here man a brother made all my joints yeah he, yeah. Made, he made it made it yeah. custom milton he, he took care of this joint. See, so that that's that's the luxury right there, you know. And um, mm-hmm. I appreciate you being on this podcast. Oh, and, it was a, it was a blast, time, man. Where can they find you? Um, <laughs> any last words you want to give them? You ain't gonna find me. I'm hiding. It. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can get in touch with us at info at sipandsaverchicago.com. Uh, our website is the same www.sipandsaver. Spell out and. Sip and Saver Chicago.com. And of course, you can always follow us on IG and Facebook, Sip and Saver Chicago. Look, guys, there's no excuses and no reason why you can't start your entrepreneur journey. A lot of people are getting laid off from their jobs. A lot of people are transitioning from their jobs. But understand that being an entrepreneur, we, we got a lot of the clarity from individuals like Trez here to understand it ultimately comes down to having no excuses. So I want I want to give you my no excuses hat. Um, oh man, you know I'm gonna yeah, rock this yeah, joint. No no excuses, you know because appreciate you, brother. Gotta say it three times because we mm-hmm. we have that barrier a lot of times on ourselves and we put such high standards on ourselves rather than putting out our product and putting out our service and mm-hmm. finding that first customer that right. will gain you so much confidence. So subscribe to the podcast to get your entrepreneur toolkit at joeluckett.com entrepreneurenthusiast.com thank you for being on the, on the show man I appreciate right, right. this episode if you come to Chicago you gotta stop at one of the many locations we'll yeah. drop everything in the link and I appreciate you guys for tuning in another episode of the Entrepreneur Enthusiast